from thereabouts, this is Ramble, a podcast hosted by myself, Angus, and my bro, Lachlan. I know we said last time that we'd appreciate your input on a name, and we would have, except that we ended up getting delayed on the launch and, well, just decided on Ramble. So, my apologies, but tough luck. Before we kick off the episode, though, I'd like to say how privileged we are to host and make these and to have an audience as dedicated as you who listen to them. We are taking a leap of faith. Over the last several months, we've been developing a couple of new shows uh, and and are continuing to develop several more. These shows are 100% independent and rely on your support to sustain. So, please, if you like what you are hearing and want to get tighter with a thereabouts family, get behind us via Ghost. It works in exactly the same way as Patreon, for those of you who are familiar with that. Uh, And you can sign up at our website or link in bio. We have also launched a new Discord group where you can give us your two cents worth, connect with other like-minded people, and go deep on anything and everything sport, adventure, and culture related. We are really excited to be entering this new phase and wish to welcome you all to the Thereabouts family. Let's make this a success together. Now, for Ramble Episode 2. How you doing, man? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, I'm at this like epic place uh, just outside of Besalou. Do you know like Mare del Mont? Just near Girona there? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's like this epic uh, retreat that uh, a mate of mine owns. And I'm staying out here for a few days, plotting a, um, a gravel route for an event we're going to put on at the end of the year so um yeah um i've just got out of the sauna had the cold plunge in the pool i'm like (laughs) living that good life um so the capillaries are open capillaries are open yeah i'm headed to a mountain bike race in town tomorrow so um no i can't complain can't complain what's the mountain mountain bike race do you remember the Girona mountain bike challenge we did it. Dude, how, I could never forget that. It's so funny because I feel like that was my first real mountain bike race. Like, Man, that was <laughs> hellish for me. <laughs> remember, yeah. remember Southam like broke his ribs? Yeah, Tom Southam, my director. <laughs> uh, he was my director at that point too. And I think it was like just before Catalonia or just after he was supposed to go there and then he had that epic crash <laughs> right he face planted off that massive drop yeah yeah finished the uh, stage so yeah that that's that's what I'm up to this weekend um so no life's good what's going on there nice nice man um what's happening here well last week we did a uh, 
the speed project oh yeah um we're shooting a we're shooting a film and it's like a uh the original speed project is a running relay from santa monica to uh yeah santa monica pier to las vegas in california i've seen that and, and um crazy yeah it is crazy because so like i just assumed all right it's 340 miles you know the runners would be running i don't know like 10 mile legs that's so or but they switch out every mile or so (laughs) like it's really rapid and they run at like five minute pace like the they broke the record just just gone they broke the record 29 hours 26 minutes or something to run 340 miles what pace is that i mean i'm trying to do the maths quickly in my it's head, like maths. five minute miles or something whoa maybe fast i don't know i haven't done the math but it's fast yeah compared to compared how, how many to people? they have five or six in a team three three women <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um, and but they did the last few years they've been doing like a solo version of that right and we were tracking um, a runner from the East Coast uh, who's very much a traditional marathoner, yeah. um, kind of road runner. And and this was his first foray into ultra. Whoa. Like literally, like first time he'd ever run more than 30 miles. What? And he was running 340. Um, Man. So insane. And, and you do it in one hit. Normal ultra rules like clock starts when you leave Santa Monica Pier, yeah, and it doesn't stop until you get to Vegas. And um, and he he was doing well and then got injured and Ooh. and and walked for ages. It's so running is brutal, man. Running um like especially once it gets into the longer distance stuff, um, that it kind of scares me because of that, right? Like. There's things that can happen where your body literally just says like no, like you you could break bones and <laughs> you know like right. It's just well, brutal. Yeah, for him the thing that like got him like if it had have been 340 miles on a treadmill, yeah, he like would have been fine because you know runs on the road super efficient really fast. Yeah. Um, like his whole kind of like fueling, maintaining strategy was really good. Yeah. But it was like stepping up and down the curb on and off the road and like (laughs) the different surfaces and like getting on and off the RV to like eat and sleep. Just that accumulation. You know. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and then something just like. Like you step on and off the road and it knee. seems like it's not a significant thing, but then you do it like 200 times. Well, that's it. Yeah. Thing. You're doing it like hundreds of times. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. when in your life have you ever done that before? Right. So I and imagine yeah, that was like never. pretty sleepless weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was full on. And it was the first time I've done, like we've done lots of cycling ultra yeah. stuff. And... You know, so where you might be out for a week or two weeks. Um, and, you know, cyclists move pretty fast. Yeah. And they cover a lot of ground. Um, but this was different. 
right. they don't cover they yeah. don't cover a lot of ground. I'm sure. Um, but it was but it was good. It was interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, he didn't make it, but there's an interesting film in there for sure. And he had like with running this event, they had like a a support crew and yeah, um, and all of that. So there's sort of you know some interesting characters in there. But yeah, yeah outside of that, um, you know, just living life. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny that with a support crew, how like. Mm that dynamic it becomes very much a team thing um and it's like everyone who's involved is kind of so invested um and you have to be good and that's i definitely underestimated as did um jason the guy running sort of like the importance of your support crew yeah yeah um you know like in terms of just personalities and also like skill sets etc because like i mean being a support crew i've got no idea who would volunteer for that because you're (laughs) just sort of signing up to basically like take abuse (laughs) right right (laughs) like either from people in the in the real world who are like why the hell have you stopped your rv like in the middle of the road here yeah um or like the the person running who's like completely in the box and they're and they're like you missed a stop point i'm yeah, ex- starving or like exactly. thirsty or whatever they can't because <laughs> when you're and, the athlete you can't imagine everything else that's happening around it it's just purely like we well, just got to drive a car i have to run <laughs> fully <laughs> like where's my fully where's my suit yeah um so yeah so you know i'm never i would never do that Oh, sorry. I'm just, uh, Rachel's just grabbed a computer and sp- spilled the drink <laughs> everywhere. Um, so, yeah. Now I got liquid everywhere. Um, well, dude, tell me about this ride. Whilst I was, uh, out in the desert between Santa Monica and Las Vegas, you were between Munich and polish border yeah um it was wild um like it's still um like a hard uh it's a hard thing to decide how i uh feel about it like obviously the the ride went really well um we were able to to raise a bunch of money which was the goal like so we I guess on on our um, on our side of things, like the fundraiser went way better than we expected. Um, I managed the ride like pretty well, uh, all things considered. So yeah, like you would deem it um, a success, but like um, like having been there and then like seen the the situation like unfolding there um you kind of realize just like how much more support is needed and how like um not powerless but like i don't know it it just requires so much right like there's so many people displaced um so many people you know losing their lives um so many people still there fighting so like 
uh, yeah, it was uh, it was difficult to like leave there and then come back to real life. Um, well, not real life. Come back to my life, which is like um, so far removed from like the reality there. So. Um, yeah, I think I'm still, like, processing it all, personally. Um, like, the the ride itself was, yeah, from Munich um, to the, the border of Ukraine, which was, like, a thousand kilometers. And I did it in one shot, um, which was, like, a big ride. like from a physical standpoint uh and then talking about crew we just had like um kier uh who was uh oh he works for the team in um like uh like publicity he's like a publicity guy and he's new to the team um so i'd never met him and then um we had a an EF employee who lives in London, but he's Polish, uh, Marek. And it was just the three of us uh, in a van. And then, um, yeah, we just kind of landed and <laughs> we got together like the night before and it was like, all right, we're going to go do this big ride. Um, they didn't really have like much of, I mean, they'd never done anything like that. Um, and... I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to get on with it and, and do the ride. Um, so, yeah, it, it worked out really well. Like, they were really, um, really good support. And then, obviously, we had so many people come out on the way um, that it just made the whole experience, like, like great, you know? Um, and, yeah, like... I guess from a physical standpoint, um, it was like probably more difficult than I imagined. I didn't plan the easiest route, (laughs) but as it turns out, um, (laughs) we seemed to go like up and over every hill. Uh, And uh, yeah, on the first night, I had knee trouble again, um, which was like, the first night was really difficult um to like keep moving and managed that got through that and then yeah once we got into poland like the support from the people there and then kind of putting in in perspective what i was doing to with what even just most people there are doing like taking people in and and running aid and um just the realities of having like a a war zone like on your on your doorstep like um yeah that that kind of put it into perspective what i was doing and then that that made the ride significantly easier you know um and yeah it got super cold in the nights i don't think i've ever been cold like that um really yeah it was how cold it was like minus five but like this like thick fog um so it's like this cold and then it was like a a freezing freezing headwind um which i had this headwind just the whole way 
um, which like it started, I was like, oh, a bit of a headwind. Like, wonder if it'll swing around. Then I realized <laughs> I was like, I'm going one direction the whole way. <laughs> you're, um, you're riding into the prevailing wind. Into the wind the whole way. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely um, like physically, it was very challenging for sure. Um, but as I said, in the that setting, in that context, it seemed like um, absolutely nothing. So, yeah, it, it was um, it was an experience for sure. Um, it's hard to like label it as a positive or a negative, you know, um, because we finished at like uh, I don't even know what time. I want to say like three a.m. something like that, mm-hmm. um, and got to the border, and at that time it's like pretty quiet or not quiet there's a bunch of trucks and everything lined up to get in there but um i was like starting to hallucinate and um so we went and and found somewhere to sleep but then we came back the next morning to like donate all the gear and stuff we'd, we'd bought for the for the ride and just chatting to people there who were had been working there for you know the weeks before um and just kind of coming to grips with like the realities of like you know people coming in with nothing um that like it's quite confronting um so yeah i I mean it's just um it's just like a horrible situation right and i'm just glad that we we could do something um and I think it's going to require a lot of a lot of people doing something, you know. Um, mm. Yeah. And what were people saying, like, at the border? Like, what was... And even on the route, like, along the way, like, what was everyone's kind of experience of this war? Because... And I know we spoke about this, like, last week, I guess, but I didn't record that properly, so <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. But, like, what's the sentiment in Europe, you know, where we're across the atlantic so it's it's a little further from us yeah i think here um it's a lot of like disbelief from a lot of people that like something like this can happen like in an age where it seems like we're so we should be far, far past that you know there should be other ways than like just like all out war and conflict um I mean, it was really inspiring to see, especially in Poland, the way that just everyone seems to be helping, you know, like people taking families Mm. in, um, people driving their cars out to to run aid and take people different places. It seems like everyone is is more than willing to help and just drop, you know, their lives because what's going on is is so much much bigger than that. Um, I think on the the border chatting with people it just um it seemed like uh i don't want to say this it was just it seemed like it was reliant on a lot of people volunteering their time and a lot of people um right basically doing the right thing and and trying to trying to run aid to the right places but they seemed like very um undersupplied 
and like under-resourced, um, which I guess you just have this idea in your head that like there's going to be this very organized reaction um, and that like everyone will be able to get what they need and then you realize that that's, that's not the case, you know? Um, it's a it's like a it's a war um so like hearing you know some of the people we talked to they were running like soldiers basically by themselves in their cars to go and get weapons um because they needed yeah right they needed like guns and missiles (laughs) like um which is like it, and the, this is just, you know, a Dutch guy who's, like, driven there because he decided that that's what he needs to be doing. And, you know, he's literally doing that job, which is, like, crazy. Um, surreal. Surreal, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it kind of... Um, it put into context, like, you know, at the end of the day, I just... I gave up like two days of my life, you know, and went and did a big ride, um, which like is nothing in in this in the scheme of things. Uh, and then when we 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 went from there up to um, like the Polish Federation like training facility, mm-hmm. um, and they were they'd taken in a bunch of um, young. Ukrainian cyclists who um, basically like they were all somewhere near Kiev um, and like the the town started getting shelled and the the coach like basically took all these juniors in his car and then they just drove um, with nothing to Poland um, and yeah, like, there was something about seeing, like, all these kids, like, and, and we'd organised to go for a ride. Uh, and there was something about seeing all these kids who were, like, you know, like, young teenage, like, just, you could imagine, like, I related so much to them. Like, it, it reminded me of me as a, as a young bike rider, you know, when you just, like... Yeah. And then, like, for them to be in that situation where, like, you know, none of their family could leave, like, their their dads had to stay and fight, and, like, it was just, um, yeah, it just, like, hit home for whatever reason. Um, I bet. And what were they, how were they, when they went, when you went for the ride with them, like, how were they feeling? What were they saying? Um, It was like a... It was a hard thing to approach because um, you don't know whether they want to like talk about it or like not think about it or um, yeah. So like, I just approached it in a way of like, all right, we can go for a ride and for at least like an hour, we can mess around and play on our bikes and like that'll be an hour that they're not thinking about like this like insane reality that they're living um and it was amazing to see that like once we got on the bikes and like 
started playing around and like I started throwing in attacks and like everyone kind of got into it and then like you could they're all just like kids again for a second you know um yeah that's heartbreaking like the reality of that situation right yeah yeah it was like you just yeah it's just um it just makes you like you just realize how lucky you are where you're born you know Mm. Um, it's like there's there's nothing that any any of like them or their families or anyone have done to bring it on themselves it's just a situation they've been dealt and like um yeah it it's um it's hard to like see that but it i mean it, it it's it's really nice to see the way like the cycling community got around our ride like it's always like heartwarming to see and then and then to see like just how much the bikes means to these kids in their life and they at least have have that going like that was like a nice thing um because you know there's people in even worse off situations than that um which like you can't even fathom so And did it feel close, like doing the ride, you know, Munich, like dad works in near Munich, right? Yeah. And oh, then, amazing and then close, did it make it feel, was that like, yeah. Like, yeah, it was l- literally one ride. Um, and it's just like, even you go through like uh, Krakow, which is a um, big city in Poland, probably... 200 kilometers from the border and it's this beautiful like city just like picturesque and i like chose to ride through the city um on the route and uh it's just like it's just a normal functioning city you know like everything's kind of right um like normal and like you go down by the river there and there's this like beautiful um kind of like park or like grassland and the bike path kind of went along and at that point i was in a group of like almost 50 bike riders and um i was like oh this is beautiful down here and like so many people out i was like it's crazy it's just packed um and then like the the guys right next to me is like yeah there's, there's a mainly people from ukraine um and then you realize wow. like, oh wow that's why it's so packed it's not like a nice afternoon everyone enjoying the sunshine it's like these are people who don't have a home um but for like it's it's surreal to then go like ride 200 k's like six or seven hours and then you're literally at the the border of a, a war zone or like you know place had been um bombed like 20 k's from there you know four or five days before we went um so yeah, yeah it's like remarkably close to like what you would consider just normal i guess 
everyday Western world, um, which, yeah, it, it's still even like, um, like having been and like covered that distance and doing it, it's still hard to get your head around, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I, mean, I think that's the the reality of war, particularly for our our generation, right? Who have never been confronted with it on like a Western front, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, the reality. I don't think for many of us will be will be able to wrap our head around. Yeah, yeah, it's just um... and and now like going back to normal. <laughs> How's that? Like thinking about like what's the next race and that sort of thing weird uh there's like a couple of days where i think i was like <laughs> pretty bad company um because it was like uh coming back to girona and like everyone talking about how bad the weather had been for the last two weeks and like just stuff that like you're just like oh my god this is like not so far it just feels like not not real world you know um but at the same time like everyone only has their problems you know like you can't expect people to to take on like the world's problems and like you know i was right. just as guilty of that like the week before i went so like i'm not there's no judgment in it it's just um it's just like a weird <coughs> it's a weird transition to make for sure um and i just can't help but like be on the news like 24 7 now trying to like work out what's actually going on there and um yeah i think to like uh uh, yeah it's, it's you kind of realize it's like uh you're not going to reset and like it's just a perspective shift i think a bit um and there's positives that come out of that too because i think you're like become very um just like grateful for your situation right and uh, yeah i certainly feel that now um being here so yeah and then where what is next now for you like you said you got this mountain bike race this weekend obviously but like yeah then in I'm terms of of the team and going to uh sea otter for the first of the lifetime series uh next weekend so that's going to be a cool event um yeah and what is that event it's uh 80k uh mountain bike marathon um so it's yeah the first of the six six lifetime races uh which is i think like a very exciting new series that's taking place in the u.s and i'm yeah i'm excited to go and see like what it's all about really and just be involved in it um i think yeah, it hopefully will be the start of like a a new rejuvenation of racing in the US. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to see 
how that series plays out, you know, we've spoken about this a bit, but like, you know, actually creating a series that has a set cast of characters that sort of have to show up at essentially each race. Yeah. And each race is like got its own style and, you know, I think um I think it's exciting and I think, you know, each race sort of seems to be different enough and that it'll be engaging for for an audience and for the athletes and we'll see a, a range of athletes sort of being competitive throughout the series. So yeah, I'm I'm really I really hope that it works. Yeah, I think like um it's a it's a cool group of races. Um mm-hmm. the the athletes are all exciting exciting riders. Um the I think it's nice that like Lifetime took it on to to like take it upon themselves to be like, all right, let's tie these events together and create a series. Uh because essentially they're they're doing the like the 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 fast races the the pros I guess a, a favor in doing that because I, I think a lot of their events don't really rely on um, fast people being there you know like they're they're yeah. primarily all based around like um, participation and and and, and like a, a personal challenge so. Uh, I think it, it's great that they've taken that initiative to to put them all together, and um, hopefully, as like races, we can do it justice, and it'll only grow from there. I think it's thirty riders, uh, male and thirty female this year, uh, mm. which I think they obviously had to cap at some point. So um, there were people who missed out, and like I'm sure that number will just grow though um if, if we can make it a, a successful group of races which i think we can um i think the as you said the format's interesting and it's gonna be just exciting racing so i'm excited to just get out there and get stuck in really and are you, do you want to win are you trying to win the series or ah. Uh, I mean, I'll go there and race as hard as I can, <laughs> you know? I think it's like... Yeah. Um, it's always hard to know, like, what the competition's going to be. But, yeah, I'll be trying to to win is always what you start with that intention and then you see see where you end up, you know? Um, I'm excited to race my mountain bike uh, because I've been doing quite a bit of that. So, yeah, we'll just, we'll just go in there and... And see, like, there's definitely like a competitive fire in me. Um, yeah, we'll see uh, how I pulled up from riding for forty hours <laughs> last week. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it'll be it'll be a good event no matter what. But ideally, it's always more fun if you're racing up front. Definitely. And speaking of racing up front. Tell me, you've been doing like a bit of road racing, mm. <laughs> like, which yeah. it's funny to think that road racing is the anomaly. Yeah, it is a bit now. <laughs> um, I did. How uh, is it like dropping back into a world tour race? Strange. Um, I did the Gran Camino, which is like a new racing Galicia. It's four stages, and that was just after Menorca. Uh, so I did the FKT there and then 
basically went home and then got on a plane and went straight there and um it's intense man the racing is crazy yeah. racing is wild nowadays um like <laughs> the level is really high the like intensity from the beginning to the end of just like the fighting in the bunch and like it's all so next level again and i feel like we say that every year but um it's yeah. definitely true like and it's i find it fun because um i i think i'm not involved in it all the time so i get in there and it's like oh wow it's like intense and like <laughs> requires everything of you um but it's cool i mean it's it's cool to see from the inside but it's like also mind-blowing you know um the level right. that everyone has but i mean i i was, essentially at that race i was just riding on the front or i was at the back so <laughs> it was um <laughs> ideal world for me <laughs> nice and so um like riding on the front those sort of things like how I'm I'm interested to hear like you getting into that again and and sort of doing that job like is it easy can you just step back in like are you just like oh Christ I'm like out of my depth or like <laughs> um I mean I know what to do sometimes the body yeah. doesn't um react the same way you want it to so like you go up and I think the first day there I was riding on the front because we could do a sprint with uh, Magnus. And um, yep. it was like, all right, brake's gone. And like gone are the days that you give the brake like five, six minutes. It's like they get three minutes up the yeah, road right. and you're like, all right, let's <laughs> start chasing. Like everyone's good now, so can't give them too much of a head start. And you kind of start to ride the pace and I was riding with like, a movie star guy and uh i think i can't even remember the other team might have been uh, a uh israel cycling academy guy and you kind of you know you go through like the first round of turns and you're like oh wow this is, <laughs> this is the speed we're gonna run <laughs> okay <laughs> okay better have a gel <laughs> um <laughs> And, like, and then you just have to match that. Like, you can't go a little bit slower. Yeah. You're just like, okay, this is what we do. And then there's, like, also, like, immediately there's the ego comes in, right? So, you're like, okay, they're, they're doing five-minute turns. Like, I'm going to do five-minute turns. <laughs> and um, that's just, like, how it goes. And I was just, like, breathing out my ears the whole way. Uh, but, yeah, and it also, like, combined with that, it just felt funny to be riding on a road bike, um, like, the handlebars <laughs> felt really narrow <laughs> and like the position was all jacked up. Valverde came up to me and told me to put my seat up. Um, and <laughs> like, but it was funny on the first day, like I rode till the last climb, rode into the bottom, got dropped and then like slipped through the convoy and they somehow like the the, the back car that normally like keeps check of where everyone is like missed me yeah and so i was just in i was in full open traffic for like the last 30 k's which i was just like this is so fitting <laughs> like <laughs> like 
<laughs> and at the end they were like so apologetic like oh it, they can't and i was like that's fine <laughs> you know like <laughs> i do this all the time dude that that happened to me when i was in belgium <laughs> god 12 years ago 10 years 12 13 years ago now and we we're doing like i don't know one of the like cobbled semi-cobbled like races there yeah that was like you know lower down the rung and it was like right at the start and i had a mechanical like a wheel my wheel like blew up but ago who was the director like was taking a leak <laughs> so he was like way behind yeah so i'm like standing on the side of the road everything goes past ago drives up changed my wheel he's like i'll tow you back on <laughs> But like there was like a motorbike with me and the motorbike's like, no, I'm, you're not allowed to tow him back on. Yeah, and it was like literally like when the shit was going down. So I'm like chasing, gone the wrong way. <laughs> and I'm like somewhere, I'm fully lost. And then I just remember like I stopped on the side of the road and I got so angry, I threw my bike in a tree. <laughs> and then it was like, it was like over in the bushes. And I instantly was like, why did I do that? Like, <laughs> I need I need that bike. Like, I can't just, like, not have the bike. And I need to... Exactly. I need to ride to, like, wherever the... And I was like, fuck. So, I'm, like, down in the ditch trying to, like, climb up and get the bike out of the tree. And then finally, like, the race, like, looped around and joined back, like, directly where I was. So, I'd, like, cut the course, basically. And so, then the race comes past and I'm, like, in the off the road trying to get my bike out of the tree <laughs> and then Ago pulls up again he's like what are you doing mate and I was like oh I just you know like <laughs> I don't know I was like I threw my bike in the tree he's like you dickhead uh and then that was it <laughs> I had you a know. teammate <laughs> I was out of the race I had a teammate on Dimension Data I think it was Mexeb who same thing got dropped in a race and then got lost um trying to find the finish like because a lot of those races like if you get dropped right like the finish is actually only 20 30 k's away you don't have to do the whatever 70k loop the whole thing so a lot of the time the directors will say like i'll just ride to the finish um and he got lost and ended up being so lost that he just like some random person was like hey like do you need like a shower and like some food and anyway like the, it was like <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was like night time and they couldn't find him and everyone was all panicked and it turns out he was just at this guy's place like having dinner and <laughs> he just <laughs> he just settled in um i love that story he was just like he was just like okay all right i'm in this situation now like obviously he doesn't have a phone or anything <laughs> you know he's just, right um yeah I had at uh He's like I live here now. I did Lombardia when uh Dan Martin won. And Right. Like Damn. Same thing. Like forty K to go, my job was done and so I stopped because I knew if you if you went this extra loop it was a lot longer. And so I started riding back down through the convoy the opposite way and then saw um my director and he was like, Yeah, you just you know, just go straight to Bergamo wherever the finish was and I was like yep sweet just like didn't think twice you know like grabbed a bottle kept going and then I was like I've got no idea where I am (laughs) 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 so like the only way I could get there I was like following the 
the main signs and like they went down like a highway you know so at, at a certain point i ended up like in a tunnel like on the autostrada yeah exactly <laughs> and this car stopped and like picked me up and so i put my bike in the back and then i was like i, I remember saying okay I was I was sponsored by Smith sunglasses that year. It was like my at that point it was my last year in the world tour, so I was like I'm gonna lose all these sponsors anyway. And I had all these Smith sunglasses, and they were like currency to me. And I like gave them these glasses, <laughs> and I was like, "Can you drive me to the finish? I'll give you my sunglasses." And they were like, "Yeah, okay, I could do that." <laughs> I got there like <laughs> like look at the like, oh, a few scratches. Yeah, I got there just in time <laughs> to like to like make the finish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was funny. It was just like it's the expected thing because, like, I'm sure for I think it was Charlie Wigelius was in the car, and I'm sure for him, he probably knows the area really well. And so, it would have just been like, Yeah, just tuck back down to Bergamo. And I was just like, Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah, I could do that. And started writing, and I was like, I have yeah, no ciao. idea where I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that, like, you hear that story quite often, and it's funny to think, like, how. You know, you spend like an hour in the t- in the pre-race team meeting, like going over the route. Yeah. And then like, and for you, you like, I remember doing races and just like not even like knowing what city you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you do the race and someone's like, oh yeah, remember when like Tour of Colorado came through here? And or like, no, actually now I'm feeling it like living in California. Oh, doing Tour of And Cali. people are like, oh yeah, like the Tour of Cali like came through here you would erase this climb. And I'm like, <laughs> probably right up the climb. No idea. Like, and I'm like, what you. year was that? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, that was the year you did it. And I'm like, wow. All right. Yeah. It's funny that like you, yeah, you, you look at the map, not in the way that you're looking at like, Oh, where are we you're looking at the map to be like, okay, how's the race going to play out? Not yeah, like where's the wind coming from? Where's and like where's it going to turn? Exactly. And like, where's the small road? Where's the climb? Where's the like? It has absolutely like, no. Like going to that race over there. Yeah. Like, like, no, day, like okay, I'm on the no, front. Gee. And like that was in my head. I was like, I could get to this race if I can get round a few days. I can find my legs. But to be straight on the front with like <laughs> some some absolute animal from movie star and like you <laughs> just like. Oh wow, here we go. You know, and it's like it's a, it's totally about this bluffing thing. You know, like someone pulls the first turn, right. you just like it's like that first line on your back. You just like, oh wow, and then you're like, this okay, and then you're like, I, I always count like on the um, like computer, like how long was their turn? We started off, we were doing yep. like five minute turns, and there was three of us, oh, <laughs> and I was just like, oh wow. And you kind of like trying to gauge the level because you never want to be the guy who like you get on the front and then the brake gets another fifteen seconds, you know? Right. <laughs> like you and you just and you like there's this there's also like a fear element to it, right? Totally. And it so it's not even just like oh I've got to make it through this. It's like I also can't like see time because my ego will take a such block. an ego thing. Oh man! And I remember that like, first thereabouts. Yeah, that was the survival thing, like totally that and then before you know it you've just like taken the next line taking the next line and then it's four hours later and you're finally like okay right. i can get dropped <laughs> you get dropped and then you're like whoa i'm i'm so fucked <laughs> and you're like i'm probably gonna have to do this tomorrow yeah, you're like 20 k to the finish like you- is a long way 
It is a long yeah. way. And then your teammate wins, and you're like, look, if I'm brutally honest with you, mate, semi-psyched you won, semi Yeah, you're like, okay. I'm I'd like to be more psyched, but I'm in the race, and it means I have to ride tomorrow, and that really <laughs> Exactly. And I haven't forgotten that. So I kind of, yeah, yeah. like, not at not <laughs> It's funny. But it is, like, it is nice because you're like, okay, you can contribute in some way. Right, for but sure. Yeah, at the same time, you're just like, oh, wow, I'm going to go through this again. Uh. <laughs> I remember the first thereabouts, like that second day to like Ganada. Yeah. And we were just doing like, let's just do 60 second turn. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah sweet. <laughs> and then like you get on, you're like looking at the clock and then you're like, okay, he's going so, this fast. And so funny like, to start think doing it. Like, and then why, you see, why were we doing that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're just doing these 60s, like, just to get through it. Like, just, it's always, like, the way we would do terms, it's like, mine's going to be a little bit better than the one you just did. So, like, it's right, within, exactly. the, space it's of, just ratcheting within the space of five minutes, we're both just going as hard as we can go for 60 seconds. Exactly. And then you're like, and, and also you're like, oh, man, we're flying. And you're like, well, we should be, because we're fucking, yeah. like, pedaling as hard <laughs> as we can. Well, I was just, like, that. completely cool. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, is this it? Is this what... Is this what it's going to be? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know if I want this. And you're like, I know, I, I know that I don't <laughs> want this, but I've got it now, and like, I'm just going to have to. Yeah. Do it. Well, the movie star guy was me in that scenario, and I was you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Valverde, oh, Valverde man, came up to me at one point in the race, in the middle, and I, I'd like drop. I can't remember. I was coming back through the line or something, and he just came up and he's like, you, you, he said it in Spanish, but he was like, you need to put your seat up, just like. A little bit. Like, you got to put your seat up. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, I know. I know. I was like, I did this lap of France and now my seat's like five centimetres lower than it used to be and I can't put it up anymore. <laughs> my, my hamstrings are like calcium. And the funny thing is I put it up like two centimetres the next day just to, just to keep him out of here. Just, just to keep Valverde happy. Yeah. I would do that for sure, yeah, Valverde. That's sick, that, that's sick that Valverde came and spoke yeah, to Yeah, but I... Uh, like, oh, hey, There's also probably part of him that was just taking the piss. Like, to be like... Because he was like, yeah, you just got to put it up a little bit. Like, just put it up a few millimetres. And I was like, I know it needs to go up, like, centimetres. <laughs> He's just like this young guy, first, probably his first race. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've been doing this for 10 years, man. In the shadows. Exactly. In the shadows. In the shadows. She's like, I just like, put my seat down like so you I were on get... a doping ban when I, <laughs> you were on a doping ban when I first started racing at the professional yeah. level. Like that's how long ago this was. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, funny. Uh, it's funny actually, like to think about, to just go on this tangent, but like, you know how like okay, thereabouts, everyone knows that, but like that experience for me was a very clearly, it really clearly was obvious to me um, how that changed my life. But doing like, and I think that was just because it was such a, an out of the norm thing. But then as that becomes normal, like doing these kind of adventures, like each time you go back and you're expecting the same change, right? Like you go and ride Route 66 or you go and ride that ride through the Balkans and like at the end of it, you you're hoping for this epiphany that's like very um like at the forefront of your life but the more of these i do and and you you should answer this after is like for me 
the change is like so much more subtle and so much more weird. Like it, it's like it affects an it, it affects a part of your life that you don't expect it to, right? And like Iceland for me, I was like, I'm gonna fucking do this ride, and like my addiction, like my sobriety, like will be easy after this, you know, because like I focused on it, I like you know go do this thing, and I got to the end of it, and I like pulled everyone in, and I was like, hey guys, I'm an alcoholic. I'm, you know, this is like, I can't remember at the time how, how many months, I think I was like a year sober nearly and <clears throat> just shy of a year. And I was like, and that's where I'm at. And I fucking did this and I didn't think I could like, and you know, yay for me. And, and then I instantly relapsed <laughs> right. like, like, like within two weeks Yeah. and like, I was so like, floored by that yeah. i was like what yeah and yeah like, this was and supposed then, to like confirm right, everything like, that i'd achieved like it point. was supposed to change me in this big yeah. way and it was like a really hard thing to do that ride like there were so many elements that were like we were just way over our head and that could have been so much worse like i fell into a i fell through a snowdrift into a cr- into a creek and it was negative <laughs> 20 and like miraculously the snow compacted in a way that like it kept me up out of the water and then as it was melting Rebecca like got me out like super fast like she was like really quick to like pull me out of this like black hole and like that happened like things like that happened like several times to like one of us at any given time and you sort of just like keep going and then anyway so it was like the most kind of like physically sort of dangerous thing that I'd done yeah Um, and I thought it would have a more profound impact on and I guess I was just projecting yeah anyway so like that like you know it was like a really valuable experience and i learned all these things but the more i do them i guess they're like it's hard to have the changes different you know because it's like the more you go in with like a specific idea the more you, you like i don't know sometimes you're less open to the other possibilities if that makes sense so exactly. Like, I've had the same thing where you're like, ah, I always think I'm like, I'll go do like a big long ride, something hard, difficult, as like a reset, so it'll get me back to like that point I was at the last time. Um, yeah. But it doesn't work like that. Like, no. There's some sometimes you do it and it's like, you get nothing from it. You know what I mean? Like, I always forget. Like, not forget. Uh, like Badlands for me mm-hmm. I don't know what it was like it was a great it's an awesome event really cool route like everything about it it's a, it's a cool race but I did it and like I came home and like it was just it was a, such a nothing thing for me I don't know why like it just there was nothing profound that happened I never went through like some crazy difficulty that like I don't know I just it didn't shift me like at all um, right but then sometimes you'll like do something in like it could even just be like a a small race or like you push through one certain moment or like you do one certain thing that you like feel amazingly empowered by yeah <laughs> like and yeah I don't know if it's just because you're more open to the experience or what but like I think um yeah, you're like I think you're very spot on. Like sometimes, 
what you get out of it is like very different than what you were looking for. Yeah, and like part of that is like being, oh, I, I feel like now my perspective and like maybe this is what I got out of that, that trip um, was well, one thing definitely was like asking, you know, for help when you're in like, you know, we like cyclists, you're always just like, nah, push through it. You were saying this before. Totally. But like I sort of learned like, oh no, I don't actually have to push through this. Yeah. do this alone I can just ask for help like yo can you help my fingers I've got frostbite <laughs> and you know and then someone helps you and you're like man that was so much easier I should have done that 20 minutes ago <laughs> um, so maybe it was that but then the other thing is like being okay with the fact that like not everything has to be profound yeah. and I feel like with the pandemic and and like you know like that experience for, for everybody we're looking like you're looking for the profound in, in everything that happens. Like you're, you know, because like sure. your whole direction has like been scuttled. So you're trying to find meaning. And I feel like sometimes when you, when you, when you search for it, like it's, n it's never going to be there. Or it's not going to, to be there in the way that you think. And like you can miss it. Yeah. And, and I've done that so many times, I feel like. And so it's, you know, that was sort of, you know, going back over that trip. That, that um, was kind of what I learned. was like, oh, you know what? Like... And Maybe it doesn't have to like it's also fully reconfigure my there, life. Right? Yeah. Like you had this like trip at the end of you know being sober for that amount of time to be like okay I'm working right. towards this and then once I get there like that's going to be the thing that like you know solidifies like my sobriety or whatever. And uh, but without that Maybe process done that of trying to get there, maybe that would have been way more difficult. You know. So, exactly. I exactly like, right. I find now I'm just like way more process oriented because like there's so the feeling you get um, from like the achievement of something or like that end goal, like that finishing, it's so like fleeting um, that it's like majority right. of the time it's like 24 hours, <laughs> you know, or like it's just. And like, then it's like now what? Yeah. And then now that purpose I had all is you're gone. left with is the experience of doing it and the process of and like everything you built like getting there um, mm. so I feel that way like now like in all the the goals I have all the things I like set out to do now it's all about like the person I'll be able to become on the way I think or like the, the things I'll be able to accumulate the experiences I can accumulate on the way to like getting to that point as opposed to just achieving that point. And that's such an ad, like that's such a very adult like perspective or mature perspective. Um, but it's not always like that simple. No, it's not. <laughs> but and like, like but, but, but it kind of is. Yeah. Like in this weird way where you're like, oh, but it's not that simple to like arrive at that sure. perspective. And I feel like so much of my, well, I feel like I use that phrase all the time. So much of my approach to adventure, even filmmaking um by extension of that is like trying to understand like these changes and like and like experience them and i you know then you you kind of i like you become sort of addicted to the like the outcome and the projection of that right. like of oh like how is this going to like appear yeah. Um, at the end, like, what's what's the what's end the gonna be like? Yeah. yeah. And like, and then you you kind of gloss over the whole 
the whole thing and i was just thinking yesterday to like to use a real world example was our trip like at the cape epic yeah you know like and and thinking the whole time about like we need to make this film and it needs to be good obviously and you're like we need to get this this from the characters from you and from uh kenny and then but then like i was thinking back and i was like man the the like touch football games and just like yeah you know like riding in the bus to like the prologue and just like the like the the, the trip there on the flight there like that long ass fucking yeah. trip and just like playing cards at night and like hanging out right like sweet. yeah and like in that time you're like i was sort of like oh man i need to really keep being cognizant of like not everything has to be documented in order for it to mean something or not everything has to have a like concise kind of thesis at the end of it like in order for it to be meaningful you know the process itself can like you can just like nothing can happen and it can be the outcome can be kind of shit but like that doesn't mean that it wasn't like a, a valuable experience. Yeah. I'm not articulating this very well, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. And like, and then and taking the time mentally to like appreciate that and enjoy it as it's happening, or not enjoy it, but like acknowledge it and appreciate it. Yeah, and I think I found like f- fell into a lucky situation where like um, the things that I get to do like are documented, and like I can look at them. Yeah, but like I don't have to be involved in that process at all, and it's like it's all about me just kind of being able to like. Essentially, now I realize making it as difficult as this again right. for people yeah. to shoot it, but yeah. um, like that's been like I think what has enabled me to come to this like kind of realization earlier is that you like, and I think like so you said that you're lucky that you sort of fallen into this situation, but I think like you're. Uh, misplacing like mistaking luck with like you know process like you as a you've always stayed true to like and this is like really admirable and something that I like have to keep reminding myself to do is like you've never kind of compromised on like your approach yeah, and like what it is that's important to you and I think a lot of people do because they you go in to any profession but I think particularly ones that that start as passions like professional sport um, and and you have this ideal of like who you are and and how you want to sort of present yourself and then someone comes along and they're like oh I'm going to give you a bit more money yeah or I'm going to give you a contract next year if you just change your fundamental (laughs) just change your fundamental belief and approach in this in this sport it's not major just the fundamental basic <laughs> like entire premise of what you thought this was if you just change that you know you're going to be set for like the next 10 years and like it's really easy to just be like yeah I'm going to do that well I think it so, more happens in like chips right like yeah. people just chip away at that foundation which is yeah. why I think I've always That's a good been point. like very staunchly like trying to not let that happen because I've realised that like it's a very slippery spot right and as a result like that's had a huge impact like a wide reaching like it's completely shifted you know not only like how a lot of people view participation in sport and like view kind of potential outcomes of 
participation in sport, but also like how a very old and sort of set in its ways institution views itself. Right. And like that's, you know, that doesn't come just by luck. Um, but it's funny. Which is, which is, but it is funny. <laughs> it's funny because it's, it's just like... It just requires you to just do things. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Like, it's super, fun. it's super funny me being like, oh, this is my brother. Like, this, you know, like, like we're just doing these things. And yeah. Like, he's just doing this thing. And then you see people from the outside are just, like, completely capitulating. Sure. At, like, the thought of it. And it's, yeah, it is funny. It is funny to think that that sort of a thing could be mind-blowing to someone. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Like, it is awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it will, I don't think it will ever stop being funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like Ra- Rachel said to me, I think uh, she kind of, after I'd been back for a couple of days and I think I was in like, um, like sort of a mood, but like a little bit like dismissive of like any problems that anyone else would have outside of like the Ukraine mm. and... She just said to me, like, everyone, everyone's problem is still their problem, right? It's, it's still valid. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't right. make it, like, not everything has to live in the context of the world's problems. Um, and I was kind of, like, checked myself. I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> it's, it is true. Uh, you're allowed to have your own problems and you're allowed to, like, get the most out of the life you have, you know? Um, but I do think exactly I right. do think it's good to to check yourself every now and then, um, like you said. Yeah, like, and be aware. Yeah, just to be aware and like. It's also, I mean. It kind of goes back to that, like, the things that people are able to deal with, uh, are mind blowing, you know, like the yeah the situations that that people can like overcome and you remain positive and like continue to move forward um it's like it's very inspiring and i think if you can like if you're still able to like draw inspiration from like terrible situations um then yeah like that's at least something right yeah exactly and i think like like i was thinking about what you did like with that ride and because you know like and i don't know what the sentiments like in the pro peloton but like you hear a lot of people sort of say like oh you know it really puts into perspective like it's just sport you know what i'm doing and that's true but at the same time like there is a way to you know like alter your no i think like perspective on what it is and and at least try something else right but i think like these kids in at the polish federation the ukrainian bike riders they all came from the same mm. uh club that um mark Pudern came through like he came through the same yeah right club. and and that was wild purely um coincidence we didn't know that um and Damn. like once they realized i was teammates with mark they were all so much more excited, you know, like they like, really, you could see how much like inspiration and motivation they drew from 
what he's done on his bike, like coming from the same place, that it really like um, brought home that role to me, you know, like the fact that like yeah, right. And when I spoke to him afterwards, I was like, man, you just gotta you gotta keep doing what you're doing, like because that's that's the most for these these guys right now, you know, like to to just have um, like a an inspiration, you know, because people draw it from everywhere but those kids were drawing it from him um and through him riding his bike fast you know um so yeah there is a place for that you know like there's absolutely a place for that and it it's it's cool when you see that um like sport really playing that role you know and athletes Mm -hmm. athletes playing that role where they are truly inspiring good you know um because i'll be the first to admit i've been disillusioned with that before you know when you think that like an athletic pursuit is purely a selfish one um but that experience definitely shifted my perspective on that a bit yeah i would totally agree like i've thought about this like when the pandemic first happened and, you know, up to that point, I was sort of so disillusioned with, like, the machine of, of professional sport that I was like, you know, to be honest, the world, you know, and sport might be better if we did away with that system. Right. And everyone just, like, went on adventures and did their own thing. But then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, these characters do provide some people and and then i like hope right i think about when i was like when we were kids just how infatuated with sports stars we we were yeah and like how that motivated you to like be better yeah (laughs) you know even if they even if the people you were (laughs) idolizing at the time turned out to be dipshits sure (laughs) yeah no i I agree with that. I think, um, like, I mean, sport is just like, it's something to be celebrated, right? Even if it means it, like, Mm. brings five people together on a Sunday afternoon to, like, watch football, you know? Like, already then it's it's playing its role because it's, like, creating community at, like, a very basic level. I think like on in the in the best examples it inspires people to like improve themselves or their life in a way but it doesn't make the small role any less valid you know Exactly exactly and I think like yeah I guess maybe it's just age like you start to see Yeah and I mean you know I I, I just have an appreciation for the many different ways that like people tackle sport <laughs> you know like yeah you know like from people who are just trying to get fit so like they enter a half marathon or a 10k to people who are like winning the tour de france or you know like i think it's interesting to see everyone's like interpretation of it and i don't think that any one is necessarily right i just think as long as you're like true to your 
like your your reasons and like your values and what you're trying to get out of it then you know i'm I'm all for like everyone having their experience i don't like this idea that like one way is the right way or the wrong way or like exactly you have to prescribe to like a certain genre of of sport that also somehow like is a reflection of you <laughs> as a person you know i think like um yeah it's just it's just being honest with yourself really at the end of the day <laughs> like um yeah and being and like pushing like both yourself and like testing like the um i'm trying to think of the right word but like you know the the world that you're in like pressing on it and being like yeah is this genuine is this the best that it could be sort of thing and like challenging it and challenging yourself i think is like how all this stuff yeah becomes better and it, it's true i will say that after the and it's this ride like it did highlight in my head how i think and i can only speak for cycling because i don't have experience in other sports but at a high level how how little we do for the wider community on like a, a like a tangible level on like a how little we mm. engage to to help people when we have like such a, a big platform that we can use and such an amazing community behind us that like it's so easy to divert like such a small amount of resources that like are generally put in purely in the pursuit of performance like if you divert a small amount of those resources in targeted ways you can have you can have a big impact um and i'm not saying that's necessarily the responsibility of like athletes and teams but i think it should be like a Mm. a a real consideration you know because exactly such an opportunity for it that like the the impact we have as a sport could be, you know, so much bigger. Um. I, yeah, I totally agree. And it's like to make an analogy to those lizards that live on those islands off Majorca and Menorca. Menorca. <laughs> like they exist in a closed system, right? They've like evolved from one thing to be, you know, unique in their own settings. And like, if you took them out of, off that island and into the real world they like may not survive right yeah and i think cycling or like pro sport can become a closed system and it becomes hyper efficient and like in one direction because it you know by nature of trying to protect its athletes and protect like you know its technologies it you know it's secretive and then you realize at one point like hang on the only reason this sport exists is because of the fans is because of like the rest of the world yeah and so like to your point about opening up and engaging i think like leans back into that direction and you know maybe it's a priority shift that occurs like hang on is it worth you know closing off all our athletes and like making sure that they're just like honed in on this this mission so that we win is that more valuable you know in the long run than 
maybe opening up and not winning everything but winning a little bit less but like being more engaged with our fans and followers and like yeah and i mean i'm sure even at a certain point like sponsors are on board with that you know because it's like every everyone wants to it's marketing like good you know like at the end of the day and it's um it just requires like a bit of a relook i think um what's Mm worth it's worth a relook um to just because i mean every every one of the 25 riders on every team has such a a big platform you know um and i think it would be cool if uh there were more teams who kind of um, supported that, you know, to be like, yeah. okay, I want to organize a ride or an event or or something that uh, is going to benefit uh, people outside of cycling or within cycling or whatever, just, just people who need it. Uh, and if teams mm. were like, okay, we, we're going to give you that month off racing or, you know, we're going to give you like the the backing of the media team whatever it is to like to help that happen um that would be like a nice shift to see has have you noticed like what's have other riders said to you or other teams or anything any other cycling media about like what you just went and did um yeah i've i've um i've tried to like uh, disengaged from it all I didn't want to do like uh, right. a bunch of interviews about it or whatever because in the end it's just like you're just trying to pat yourself on the back without doing something that was not like you know yeah it's it, it just it just just a bike ride um, so like um, I don't know I, I, I hope um, my hope is that it, it would maybe get other riders thinking uh, but to be honest i'm not i'm not sure um i guess we'll have to just wait and see <laughs> yeah what do you think about um the the netflix series the tour de france netflix series yeah is it happening yeah it's happening it was my idea they stole my <laughs> idea <laughs> yeah, i had that idea it. first exactly <laughs> um i think it's great i think it's awesome yeah like i mean we've all seen what it did for formula one like i just saw uh this morning that like audi and someone else are looking at entering formula ones as engine builders and las vegas is going to have a race next year and like so it's been good for the sport and i mean how good was last season at formula one right like we're fully invested and like, it's just like it gets you engaged, right? Like, I think it's exactly it comes down to that problem that cycling's always going to have, and it's the same in F one that like if you watch it and you don't really know what's happening, it's kind of seems exactly. boring, right? Like, I can sit here and watch six, of the nuance, six hours like of a race, nuance. and I, I love it, right? Because you understand mm. it, but to the untrained eye you don't know and so like it's this perfect like glimpse into the what's actually happening and the personalities that are involved in it and it just like it kind of reveals like 
I mean, it's like it's like what you see when you're behind the scenes, right? Like if you're in a team mm. environment and you realize you're like, oh, I've got eight really interesting teammates, um, and like if if their story was told, like that's that would be an amazing story to tell. Um, and then like the same thing with a race, it's like the the story behind the result. I think like I think it's going to do if they can pull off like what they've pulled off in Formula 1 with bike riding, I think it'll be huge. I agree cuz like you know, you know this, like there are anyone who has gotten to the level of the world tour as a cyclist like yeah. They they're unique. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like yeah. it takes so much to get there that like their story but them just as a character and their outlook and how they view the world is is unique. Yeah. And I think that that's always been the most fascinating part. Well, not always, but particularly in recent years, like the most fascinating part of, of sport for me is like, how do these characters function? Yeah, exactly. You know, like what do they have that like allows them... What's their motivation? drives them to what's do this. And, like, right? Exactly. How do they train? And like, then what, like... What's going on at home? I just like, there's so many... That that's I'm I'm with you on that. Like that's what is interesting to me. It's when you because that's where like so much of the sport plays out, right? Because like everyone knows that they train a lot, and like you watch a race and you're like, wow, this is really hard. But like, I still don't think people understand like what the foundation looks like, what like conversations and interactions and egos and relationships that like all play out in this world behind the scenes yeah i mean um, it's like think of like like keep choge breaking two right mm. to me like to watch it it's whatever right like it's kind of like okay it, it's it's pretty boring it's a guy running really fast but then once you <laughs> yeah. once you understand like his story and the way he goes about training and the way he goes about living his life mm -hmm. that's when you know the breaking two becomes interesting right it's set out there on its exactly. own exactly and how island. they it's just like okay I, I don't really engage with that but then you see him going train like in the same place he's always trained and like be involved in like a really grassroots level you're like wow this guy is interesting um this like then then you're a fan exactly so i want to work on this series but <laughs> i don't think that's going to happen netflix because <laughs> netflix. i think that i mean yeah like yeah i, I think yeah, netflix I, if you're I, listening hopefully Hopefully they have good advisors to know what to look for. Well, that's it. Like hopefully they have people that know the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like being a director, right? Like you need to know it. You need to have that experience. Yeah. At some, it's in some facet that like allows you to extract that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Have the, I guess they start shooting soon. Yeah. I imagine so. <laughs> yeah. they, sh they should probably think um, about it if they're not <laughs> i mean yeah they should probably yeah look at that i'm not sure is it March for this year's 31. tour de france that feels like a short run-up right right that seems like i presume this year's tour de france it's got to be next year if right? they've announced it 
It's got to be next year, surely. I've got, I've got no idea. Huh. Anyway, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. I watched yeah. the. Yeah, no, I think it'll be. I watched the movie star one. Um, oh yeah. Just like two nights ago, because uh, there's nothing else to watch, and um, it's so dramatic. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's such a funny team. Like I. The way it's shot, it's just a, everything feels so like chaotic and dramatic. And maybe it's only because like, right. like you understand the cycling season, like, and so then they're yeah. cutting like back to the Giro, and then it's like suddenly they're at the Vuelta, and it's just like right. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's interesting. I don't think it needs to be like that. No, I don't think it needs to be so like. I mean, it's still like a good series like i watched it all i think like i'm glad yeah i'm glad they're doing it you know because it's and it's interesting because it, it is that peak behind the curtain um but it does make you realize you're like wow that held my um like that held my interest for the whole series i basically watched it in a mm. night and you can imagine what they could do when it's done super super well um and i think like that's the thing is like people's perception of cycling is more in line with base jumping than it is with chess. Right. Sure. But the cyclists and like everyone inside cycling that understands it is like, it's more in line with chess than it is with base jumping. Well, I think like people see it as like marathon. Like I think people look yeah. at it purely as endurance, like from the outside when, in the but like, inside, you know, like the like, danger of crashing and yeah, but like it's, it's like, it's so, like, I'm so much more scared in a road race than in a mountain bike race or something. It's so much more dangerous. Right. It's like, that's true. It's terrifying. It's like an extreme sport. Yeah. But then, it's like an extreme sport, but then with the chess element. Right? Right. And so, like, both of those things are really hard to express, right? Because it's like, you can look at a bunch of 200 mm -hmm. guys riding down the road and you see it as one peloton. It's you don't realize it's 200 fine. guys all fighting each other, you know? Um, and they're all trying <laughs> yeah. to fight each other for some reason that the car behind is like relaying over a radio. Um, yeah. So it's so much more complex than like, it, it's possible to pick up without like having either experienced or having someone who's very patient and willing to like, slowly explain it to you um, i tell you what would be sick like a top-down view of the peloton right and like all of the team's radios oh yeah when they're giving the instruction and see how it correlates with like what goes on in like the movement like how the peloton moves like when bobby star like directors like okay start to move up on the left and then you see you see that movement like because there's obviously you know a team that calls it first right and then the you know the second team and like watching that cascade, how the peloton changes would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be hard to be possible to do, but it'd be fascinating. <laughs> that would be like, interesting. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think any any way that you could like express in more detail what's actually happening inside a peloton would be interesting because it's uh, exactly. I even forget. <laughs> and then you get back in the race and totally like, like even the noise like all the scream and especially with disc brakes now it's like it's loud in there so screechy and people yelling and like just like it's loud <laughs> oh it sounds terrible it's giving me ptsd <laughs> uh, i love it <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, do we wrap we've it? been chatting for a while, I guess so. All right. Okay. Well, Unless I guess I'm going to see you about. next week. Yeah, you are. How long are you like you flying to LA? So I actually don't fly into LA. I fly straight in. Got you. I, I, I transfer through to LA. San Jose. To right. Yep. 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 Um. So, are you still going to come up? Yeah. 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 Awesome. For sure. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe we, we can pull the pod live from uh, Sea Otter. Yeah, that can be the next step. Live from the sea otter's mouth. Exactly. From the sea otter's mouth. And then, I don't know. On, beyond. On back <laughs> as we ride it through the ocean. <laughs> and beyond. And beyond. <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. Well, good to catch up. Always a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see you in a week. Yeah, man. It'll be great. This episode of Ramble was produced and hosted by myself and Lachlan. Executive produced by Isaac Carson and Abby Levine. Music by Lockie. As I mentioned earlier, if you like what you hear, get behind us on Ghost, as well as join our Discord group. You'll be able to get access to exclusive content. You'll be able to connect with you know, our expanding uh, cast of Thereabouts characters. Uh, have your input on what you like what you want to hear what you want to see etc etc all of that is available at the link in our bio on our instagram at our website thereabouts.co you can subscribe to this podcast as well as our as well as all of our other ones uh itunes spotify wherever you get your podcasts and until next week thank you very much